How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation, as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction, starring score baseball insider Bruce Levine and half of Chicago's number one sports morning show, David Haw, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, a radio.com sports station presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Good Saturday morning, Chicago. Welcome inside the clubhouse. We're broadcasting live through the Hyundai Score Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. I am David Haw, here with Bruce Levine, talking Chicago baseball. Cubs and the White Sox back in action this week. It has been a great week. We're back in the baseball season, Bruce. And last night, well, I should say, earlier this morning, earlier this morning in the wee hours, the White Sox get the first victory of the baseball season here in Chicago. The Cubs will look for their first later today when Jake Arrieta returns to the mound at Wrigley Field. There is a lot going on. There is a ton to get to. It is a fun week in Chicago for baseball. Bruce, how are you doing this morning? Good morning, David. Nothing says baseball like four-hour games, right? I mean, (laughs) it's just it's the beginning of the year. The White Sox. Pitchers are having trouble already. Yeah. What's that, David? It was a crisp three minute, three hours and forty four minute White Sox victory, not four hours. So, the yeah, the Cub four. game was four hours on uh, opening day. Uh, you know, again, I'm not complaining. I'm, I'm thrilled to have baseball back. I'm just saying, uh, you you need to put that, that time into it. Uh, this is, you know, if people, you know, people think that we work for a living and we, and we know uh, that we're fortunate to be in the business we're in. There are still hours to be put in, and uh, that is the, the, the fun, and it's also the, the part of it that uh, people just don't generally understand or care about, nor should they. Uh, we are fortunate to have these jobs. But it is great to have baseball back. It's great to watch uh, some of the things unfold, like uh, yesterday's game with the White Sox, uh, the heartbreak of the first loss, the fun of yesterday's game, and watching... Uh, guys who people have never heard of before, <laughs> like Yerman Mercedes. Everybody should have. Yes. You know what? In every locker room, there should be a Mercedes in every stall. <laughs> that would be kind of expensive, but I think that everybody should. Uh, oh, you the, the the player, the the character, the personality. Oh, yeah, I get what you mean, you Bruce. Yeah, you're right. The the White Sox. Let's start there because we can have plenty of time to pour over the four-hour slog that the Cubs opener was and and what they uh, they had a day off yesterday so last night 
The White Sox get their first victory, 12-8 over the Angels, Joe Madden's Anaheim Angels, and it was Jermaine Mercedes. Five hits. Only one other player in Major League history has had five hits in his debut, and that happened, Cecil Travis, in 1933. So that was a big moment for the White Sox, 12-8 victory. You had Michael Kopech return and have give two strong, impressive innings. You had... Jose Abreu, the defending and reigning MVP with the grand slam. You had Liam Hendricks hold on for his first save. Uh, he had to go uh, four outs uh, to to get it, and it was a little bit uh, uh, it was a little bit difficult to to achieve, but he got it. And Tony Larusa, first victory in a decade back as the White Sox manager. Which of those things that happened with the White Sox victory last night do you think stood out the most to you? I think a manager getting a win with the same team 35 years apart is most intriguing to me. I mean, that that has never happened in baseball history. That will likely never happen again. The fact that a guy starts his career as a manager with the White Sox in 1979, ends it uh, being fired in 86, fired, kicked out, you know, hit the curb, and then 35 years later, you're back winning your first uh, game uh, in 2021. I think that's that's fascinating. But all the other areas are really good to go. Let's start with um, let's start with Mercedes. I mean, what what a great story that is, David. That, it is, and and I think that you you can't expect things like this to happen. That's the beauty of baseball and sports when you have you know stories like this emerging. Guys with Jermaine Mercedes, not only his ability but his personality. It's infectious, the enthusiasm, and that's part of the reason, Bruce, I think he's been able to sustain and persevere. He's a 28-year-old who made his first Major League appearance last night, and he started and he hit eighth as a designated hitter. He had played in 617 minor league games. He had been in 2,128 minor league at-bats. He's the third catcher on this roster, and last night he had five hits. And you know what? Three of them came with two strikes, so it showed some good plate discipline. I don't know where this is headed, Bruce. He's five feet eleven. He's two hundred and forty-five pounds. He doesn't look like your You're being kind. major league hitter. But but you never know if he could catch lightning in a bottle. I, I think he, he, he deserves another start. I think he deserves a second start in a row, even though Tony wants to get everybody in the lineup. Don't you think that's the least they could do for him? He ain't sitting tonight, I'll tell you that much. He's he's gonna play today after five hits and uh, a slight a slight correction his not his his first start in the big leagues. He had a pinch hit last year in 2020. He was a, a pinch hitter. So his first major league start was yesterday. And what a debut, as you said, David, it was with uh, those five hits. And and just the way, as you described, the way he went about it, you know, three of them being two strikes and, and just not trying to do too much with it. You know, again, he's been in professional baseball for 10 years. He's been with the White Sox organization now for four years. And uh, really up until last year where uh, he came up for, you know, pinch hitter and uh, as a pinch hitter and uh, played a little bit in spring training, we had never heard of the guy, honestly. Hardly anyone ever did. But, you know, a journeyman catcher who'd been in all kinds of different professional baseball elements before landing with the White Sox organization. And now uh, the talk of baseball uh, the day after he makes his first start, it's, it's pretty remarkable. And 
the fact that um, he's made some great strides as a catcher as well, it's probably pretty well unknown. Uh, most people are going to be talking about his hitting prowess, but both him and Zach Collins learned an awful lot this um, spring under new uh, new catching coach Jerry Naren, one of our guests, about six weeks ago. And the fact that um, he will be catching as well as hitting for the White Sox probably is a surprise to some people. 312-644-6767. Let us know what you think. Are you surprised that Yerman Mercedes is a topic of conversation the morning after his first start in major league uh, in his major league career? What did you think of the White Sox uh, going to Michael Kopech when they did and how he responded to that. What else stood out in your first couple games in Chicago baseball? Let us know your thoughts, our opinions. And, and Bruce, I, I love the Mercedes story, and I think that it's going to be fun to to see where that goes as the third catcher on this team. You know, I was a little surprised that they uh, cut loose Jonathan LaCroix. They kept Zach Collins. They kept Mercedes. But I think the sustainable element last night the thing that to me stood out as much as anything as much fun as the la russa return was and as much fun as the mercedes emergence is michael kopech looking like the pitcher that he has been described as and after not appearing in a game since september of 2018 after all of the injury issues after all of the opt-outs last year that was impressive well, when you strike out the, the, the best player in baseball and make him look bad doing it and striking out Trout, uh, that was it was pretty it was pretty cool to watch. It really was. And he was just blowing the fastball, but he also had command of breaking pitches, which he was working hard on during spring training. And uh, the last time out in spring training, it wasn't uh, very efficient with the breaking ball. But the, the ball was just exploding out there. And the thing, David, that really stood out to me was that he had a lot of composure on the mound, okay? Right. This was not a – it didn't look like a, a young pitcher anymore. It didn't look like a guy that was uh, just ready to explode and can't wait until he throws the next fastball. This was a guy under control. Uh, his mechanics were really good. It was smooth. It was efficient. And it was explosive. I, I thought that was, as you just point out, David, uh, as you just pointed this out, the, the, the big tell of last night was Kopech and being able to bridge games two or three times a week would be uh, a really important part of the White Sox pitching dynamic in 2021. He was in command, and I think really the curiosity almost starts now, Bruce. He has returned, and now we saw him pitch two innings, and now how do they handle him in terms of rest and the, the, when the, the next time you use him, how much time does he need to bounce back? Because this is what he did. He pitched a perfect sixth. He pitched a perfect seventh. He threw 33 pitches, 21 for strikes. He hit 99 on the, on the uh, radar gun. He threw 10 sliders. And this was a guy that I thought I was a little surprised he came back out to open the eighth. When, when he walked Trout, uh, Bruce, but, but mm -hmm. I, I understand that, you know, he was so good, maybe they were tempted to see what, what more they could get out of him. you got to be real conservative when it comes to Michael Kopech, but what you saw was just a glimpse of what he's capable of. Yeah, I don't think you're going to see more than a couple times a week, honestly. Okay. You, know, you know, you always keep in mind, and people are tired of hearing it, but he hasn't pitched professionally since 2018, okay? So two years plus that he hasn't pitched, 
And uh, they are going to watch that arm and make sure that they build him up properly. You're not going to see him going back to back. That's not going to happen. And they'll stretch him out. He will throw two or three innings and bridge games. And that is the plan from the very beginning of spring training for Michael Kopech. He's in on it. LaRusse is in on it. The pitching people in the front office are in on it. So uh, this is how it's going to be dealt with. But I don't think you'll see him more than twice a week. I think every three days. Uh, bridging a game if they need it will be the role for Kopech. Bruce, what was your level of surprise when we saw Liam Hendricks come into the eighth? He pitched an inning and a third. Uh, not terribly sharp, I guess. Two strikeouts, two runs allowed. Otani took him deep in the ninth. It was it was a little bit of surprise to me to see him come into the eighth inning, but this is you know, a guy that wants to be used, and he wants to be used a lot. It seemed like a little bit of a stretch for the second uh, game of of the season to to see him in that way but at the same time uh, i don't think that will be the norm liam hendricks gets his first white Sox save probably not the way he envisioned it but it's a save nonetheless david are you on larusa already no i'm not on LaRusso. <laughs> <laughs> no that was after the opener when he batted adam eaton second instead okay of we'll Robert. get yeah. we'll we'll get we'll get to that we'll get to the <laughs> stolen base that was that was a stolen base that wasn't a stolen base uh, with uh, Madrigal as well. But, uh, you, you know, I, I think that there is a tendency to try to get Hendricks going quicker. Uh, you know, he missed about a week uh, because trying to pass a, a stone, you know, a kidney stone. Mm-hmm. So from, from all of that, uh, he's probably not right where he needs to be. But uh, this is a guy that wants to be in there. He wants to be throwing uh, in, in two innings. He wants to throw multiple innings if they let him, which they won't. But uh, I, I thought it was interesting, the, the usage of him. And uh, I think it's going to be debated, you know, whether or not they're going to use him for more than one inning, considering uh, the pitchers they have. But look look at how much they had to use their bullpen in two games, David. I mean, we're, we were talking about a loaded bullpen where right. LaRusa can go. And, and certainly he did. You know, uh, you know what, what, what was done yesterday was, uh, you know, you had to bridge a game where your starter didn't get through more than four innings. I mean, it was, uh, you know, it was a bad start. It was not a, an efficient start uh, for Keuchel. So, um, you know, your bullpen's pretty much used up in, in two games, right? No matter how good it is, they, they're, they're, they're all, they have all pitched um, already. And, uh, you know, use your choice for this third game. Remember, they have 19 games uh, in 20 days. Uh, th- that's an incredible load that they're going to have to face. It's it's very uncommon at the beginning of a season, David, for a team to have that many games in a row. If you consider the Cubs in the first uh, three weeks have three games off, in the first month they have four games off. So um, that is that is a heavy load for the bullpen to have to carry to begin the season. You're going to get more out of Dallas Keuchel than four innings next time. I mean, you just have to think that. That was just the, the kind of things you have to endure in an opener, Lance Lynn goes tonight against Alex Cobb. You think Lance Lynn's going to be the workhorse of, of this White Sox rotation? You figure he'll go deep into games the way Lucas Giolito did in the opener. I'm not terribly concerned about the overuse of the bullpen, Bruce. I think you're going to have consistency out of that rotation. Meanwhile, for the Cubs, we get to see Jake Arrieta for the first time in a while, in several years, in a Cubs uniform. Jake Arrieta back for the Cubs, wearing the familiar 49 against Tyler Anderson at Wrigley Field later today. Bruce, the opener for the Cubs 
nothing but a disappointment. It was a long day. It was a four-hour slog. They struck out 13 times. They gave up 11 walks. They only got two hits. So it's up to Jake Arrieta to kind of change the mood at Wrigley Field and uh, and give the Cubs the give the Cubs that that opening that season opening victory that we have been waiting for. David, you're right. It was like a trip to the dentist opening day, wasn't it? I mean, it was just it was long and hard on Cub fans. Uh, four hours, two hits the whole day uh, by the team, and uh, you know a disappointing start for for Hendricks for sure. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, the first week or the first two weeks of baseball season, we all have a tendency, I believe, to look at it kind of like the NFL. You know, like each game has such great importance. And then we sit back and we figure out after a week or 10 days, hey, we got six months here of baseball every single day, okay? 162 games, and we, we, the fan of the game, uh, kind of uh, get into our swerve as far as understanding the pacing. Initially, it's like everything is life and death. You know, with, uh, you, know you lose the first game. Oh, geez, team's not going to be very good this year. No, that's really, <laughs> we, we might visit that around uh, Memorial Day for the first time to find out if the team's going to be any good after we see the first two months of the season, which will be the equal to what we saw all of last year. So, okay, so so you're right, Bruce. You're making sense, but it's fun to overreact to opening day. I mean, that's kind of like a baseball tradition, right? It's like you see something that you don't like, and you're like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be like that all season. Or you see something like Mercedes that you do like, five hits in his first major league start, and you're like, oh, well, maybe he could be the DH. Yeah. I mean, you're right, David. It is fun to get into that. I'll never forget uh, 94 when the Cubs opened up against the Mets and Doc Gooden. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Tuffy Rhodes hits three home runs. And, you know, people in the media, uh, everybody, uh, you know, Tuffy Rhodes, uh, you know, you know, is he going to hit 60 home runs this year? He, en- he ended up hitting, like, I think, eight home runs eight. for the season. He ended up yeah. with eight. Three of the eight came in the first day of the year. I know. And his yeah. his 57 home runs came in Japan uh, a few years later when he was no longer playing Major League <laughs> Baseball. But, I mean, that's the great that's drama fun. of opening yeah. day. Carlton Fisk, in his first appearance with the White Sox after leaving Boston, beating Boston with a home run. I mean, though, opening day is special, and, and you can't take that away from baseball fans. But, you know, the rhythm of the game eventually gets around to, oh, yeah, we got plenty of games left to worry about it. Bruce, let's squeeze in a caller before we take a, take our first break. Let's go out to the score listener line powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Mike is in Glencoe. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Good morning, guys. And Bruce, knowing what we have in uh, Mercedes, how does La Russa, who seems to be used, like to use his whole bench, how does La Russa use Mercedes going forward to avoid him being exposed and, and to limit the ability of opposing pitchers to, to bear down on his weaknesses? How can we best use Mercedes uh, going forward as a productive bat? Well, I think, thanks, uh, you know, and thanks for the question. Uh, David, I think he's going to be used uh, as a, uh, a third catcher. I think he's going to catch some. And I think, you know, there's a possibility that, 
you know, the DH role, depending on how Vaughn takes to left field, how often they want to use him, will be rotated between Collins, between Mercedes, between Vaughn, occasional rest for uh, Brayu. Certainly uh, Grandal will be used in that role uh, when he's not catching, and certainly you don't want him to catch more than 110, 115 games tops. Now that you have two other catching options, uh, you can take the load off of a veteran catcher. So there's a lot of ways that um, Tony La Russa can go. Uh, let's see if Mercedes can sustain this over periods of time. I mean, he's always been a good minor league hitter, David. Yep. But, um, you know, when you see 10, 10 years down the road, a guy make it, uh, you don't want to jump, you know, you don't want to jump the gun and say this guy's made and he's a future all-star. You want to watch it uh, kind of evolve as it goes. Just savor the moment. Enjoy the possibilities. It is only one day, but hey, it was a fun one at that. Bruce, we've got a big show ahead. We've got Ryan Dempster. When we come back, we've got Rick Giolito, the father of the White Sox ace, Lucas Giolito, in the second hour. We've got your phone calls, 312-644-6767. Reminder to everyone who uses FanDuel, today is your last day to take advantage of mobile registration. You want to get out there. You want to uh, make sure that you register and verify your account. Even if you're not going to place a bet today, get it done before you have to drive to the brick-and-mortar location to register. It takes just a couple minutes. You don't have to place a bet. You just want to take care of it now. It beats your long drive for your ability to uh, make a bet down the road. So FanDuel customers, make sure you take advantage of mobile registration. When we come back, Ryan Dempster from the Marquee Sports Network will talk to us about the Cubs, about Jake Arrieta, about what's ahead for the north side here on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And 
sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Cubs down to their last strike as Hayward swings and misses and this ball game is over. From the Cubs opener, the Cubs play later today. Jake Arrieta at Wrigley Field makes his return. Bruce, before we get to Ryan Dempster, let's go out to the score listener line powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Don, good morning, Don. Welcome to Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, guys. Love the show. I've been listening for years. I, I don't miss a Saturday. I completely love the show. Thank you. Hey, Thank I you. got a question. I I got a question about Chris Bryant. Um, I, I watched all the games in spring training, and he either looks completely lost or unconfident or injured. He There's something wrong with him, and I was just wondering, um, is, is his confidence down? Is he still injured? What's the scoop with him? I, I, he, he looks horrible. Bruce? It's been a rough road for Chris Bryant over the last three years with injuries. Um, you hate to make excuses for players who go out there and play injured, but you you must because they they do not shirk their responsibility. They go out and they play hurt, uh, and the end result isn't always very good. So you're kind of stuck in the middle, David, when it comes to players that are hurt. If they don't play, they they, they call them names, right? Uh, and they're right. not very favorable. It's, they're not nice names. If if they play hurt and they're lousy, then they stink and they want they want to know why. This is a, a huge year for uh, Chris Bryant, not because he's a free agent with the Chicago Cubs. He needs to prove to himself and everybody else in Major League Baseball that he is still Chris Bryant, the guy that was a Rookie of the Year, the guy that was an MVP. The guy that was counted on to hit 280 to 290, hit 30 home runs and drive in 100. Drive in 100 is uh, is not close over the last four years. Some of that was because of where he batted in the lineup, uh, batting two in the Joe Madden order. Uh, others were just uh, that he wasn't efficient uh, with men on base. So this is a huge year for Chris Bryant. Forget about Chris Bryant as a Cub. Uh, this is a big year for him to show himself and everybody else he can play, he can be healthy, and he can have a productive season. The Chris Bryant that became the MVP wouldn't have missed the pitches he missed in the first uh, his first at bat uh, on opening day. I think that Ron Coomer alluded to that. We talked to him yesterday on the Mullen Haw show. That will come. I mean, it was there were a lot of things you could point to on opening day that weren't ideal, were less than ideal conditions. It's it's early in the season. But you're exactly right. I mean, it's it's a case of when you see Chris Bryant, you expect more. Why? Because he 
has raised those expectations, and he has the ability to make you think that he can be the kind of player that he was, Bruce, and that is a why this is such a big season for him. And certainly it is a big season for the Cubs, and they need to get a victory, and that process uh, is in the hands of Jake Arrieta later today, and we are pleased to welcome into uh, uh, the uh, Alpamani Nissan, Alpamani Nissan in Melrose Park on North Avenue Hotline, uh, our next guest, Bruce, where uh, he could relate to what Jake Arrieta must be feeling today and what um, Kyle Hendricks went through on opening day. The one and only RD, that's how I know him, but you all know him as Ryan Dempster, joins us on Inside the Clubhouse. Nice enough to take some time on a Saturday morning to join us. Demp, what's up? How are you? Good morning, Ryan. Hey, Bruce. Hey, hey, guys. Hey, Dave. How are you guys doing? Good. Well, we might we might as well jump right into where we left off with our caller, and that is, uh, how do you look at this season for Bryant uh, from the the lens of a former top pitcher and player? How do you look at uh, Chris Bryant and w- what his journey needs to be? Yeah, well, I, I, you know, hey man, 2020 was an anomaly and a really really weird year for everybody and you know for Chris I thought he had a really really strong 2019 and then you know you have this year where not only is there a pandemic going on you become a father so you take all those things into effect and all that stuff and it was just a it was just an off year and I think you know going into a free agent year a lot of players thrive in those moments it's a chance to go out there and reprove yourself and and also just you know really open eyes across the league so i expect him to have a, a big year he's done everything man you, you look at it across the board college player of the year you know top draft pick minor league player of the year rookie of the year mvp world i mean he's just continued to have done it all so the bar is set extremely high and all the while moving from position to position at times and finally settling in at third base and he's just such a great kid and uh, you know a hard worker and i think he's going to So I think we still uh, have Ryan. Maybe maybe we lost him, but um, I, I think that he makes some good points about uh, about Chris Bryant, Bruce. And I'm curious to see, you know, Ryan, do we have you back? We must have lost him. Hope he's okay. Got to be patient with. There he is. Okay, great. Ryan, appreciate the perspective, and, and I hope we got you back. Can yep. you help us help us relate to what what Kyle Hendricks went through on opening day? I know I know the conditions probably to somebody who grew up in Canada were were balmy, but I think They're that ideal ideal for a Canadian. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but probably not for for starting pitchers in Chicago. I don't want to put all of that on why Kyle Hendricks looked a little bit uh, uncharacteristic for him in, in the walks that we saw leadoff hitters. But how do you do, how do you uh, describe what he went through and and uh, what would you attribute most of it to? Yeah, I think just, you know, a combination of things. Sometimes, you know, he, you leave Arizona, just perfect conditions to come into, you know, something like that. And Kyle is, as we know, is one who's never going to make excuses for anything, right? They're, everybody's pitching in that weather. Everybody's playing in it. So it doesn't matter. You know, nobody wants to hear that. You want to you wanna go out there and get it done. And he just lacks fastball command. You know, aside from the changeup that ran back over to, to Hayes for the homer, it was just, you know, trying to throw the ball down and away and he was yanking it to the middle and, whether that's feel or grip, you know, he's not going to make those excuses, and that's why he is a pro and the pro that he is. So, um, But, you know, he'll bounce back just fine. It, it, when, let's face it, it was cold. It was, you know, and what happens, right, is on top of that, it just becomes like 
contagious. So now the hitters are sitting there out on the field, and they're kind of like wading through it all. They're freezing. Now they come up to hit, and they've been out in the cold weather waiting around. Nothing gets fluid, and so then he just it's hard to get into a rhythm. And he just fight, looked like he was just fighting himself, you know, from the get-go. He talked about that. And, um, it's just one game, and he'll be back, and he'll be, he'll be just fine. Ryan, when you look at the Chicago Cubs, what, what do you think the, the top story, what would be the headline for Ryan Dempster of what the Cubs are out there to try to do in uh, 2021? There's so much up in the air with the idea of, uh, you know, the top players becoming free agents, uh, not being able to sign long-term deals. You have uh, a, a almost, uh, I think, 13 guys can be free agents off of the 26-man roster. Uh, what, what would you what would you say the headline would be for you going into the season? Yeah, I think for the for the team is just don't focus on all that stuff. Control what you can control. You know, there's going to be so much talk about that all year. Extensions, who's free agents, who's this, who's that. Just worry about going out and trying to win ball games. All that stuff takes care of itself. When you win, everybody wants you. You know, your own team wants you. Things like that. So I just I just think it's one of those things where you gotta you gotta block out all the outside noise and you know there's there's the old saying Sparky Anderson once said you know you give me 25 guys on a one year contract I'll take you to the World Series and that kind of plays true when you got a bunch of guys who're motivated by the you know the finances of the game or for whatever reason and then you combine that with a manager who really really loves to win and knows how to win and motivates those guys from that perspective those things can collide to be really really great things it could be a, you know, a, a chance to do something really special again. So um, I, I just think you just really day-to-day just control what you control. Don't listen to all the outside noise and just focus on playing baseball and winning games. They're, they're proven winners. they got a lot of guys. they got some guys who need to bounce back and have better years. But I think that can go across the whole entire league given what happened last year. Ryan, when Jake Arrieta goes to the mound later today at Wrigley Field, it probably will, will conjure up a lot of emotions within him, a lot of great memories for Cubs fans. A lot of things will look familiar. A lot of things will look alike. He's the old number 49 and, and just the, the, the strut and all those things. How is he alike and how is he different from the pitcher that he was the last time we saw him in a Cub uniform? Yeah, well, you know, the difference is, is that stuff-wise, when we say stuff, it's, you know, the velocity on the fastball and the bite on the breaking ball isn't what we are accustomed to seeing. But what we saw in 2015, you know, I mean, that's – video game stuff that's stuff that comes around once you know once every 10 years out of a pitcher so um it probably even longer to be honest with you so i think you know that that obviously isn't the same but the demeanor is the same and, and on top of it he's gained experience you know and last year he finally had a nice you know clean arm he had that elbow cleaned out the bone chips taken out it was feeling good and then he hurts his hamstring so i think you actually will see a little bit of an uptick from what we saw the last couple years with jake as far as velocity and crispness on his pitches and then he just has he has experience he has moxie he has you know demeanor out there of a leader and and it's so great to to have in the rotation and other guys benefit from it he's just he's a stud and um i know he's not the stud that won the cy young but he's still capable every single time it's his need a pitch to go out there beat another team and that's that's just the facts and you know um, i just can't wait to, to see him back out on the mound today and just super thrilled that he's back in a cup uniform ryan dempster from marquee sports network and mlb network uh, joining us on inside the clubhouse for a few more minutes ryan when you look at craig kimberl and you know you were a successful starter 
you were a successful bullpen guy and closer, uh, trying to find who you are again on a baseball field after starting off your career with 11 Hall of Fame seasons and then the last three being marginal years for Kimbrell. How difficult is it to find that feeling about who you are and uh, what you want to represent uh, body language-wise and in your mind before you even throw a pitch off of the mound? Yeah, and it definitely took some time, right? Like, you look at him in 2018 with the Red Sox, there was, you know, a lot of rumors or talks about people knowing what he was throwing, tipping his pitches. So teams started to have some success, and then you start to have some doubt. Um, and then, you know, to come back uh, halfway through a year, I, I just never have thought that that's a very good remedy for success when when you have somebody who misses half a year, and, then, and especially in that role, you're always trying to find it. Um, and then last year was kind of hit and miss but i'll tell you what he sure did finish strong he finished great and and that's kudos to, to tommy and to david ross to always constantly having that belief in him so i just think that it's you know it's super super important that you know he had that and i think he's just i think he's going to be really really good this year and i and i think that's um a benefit to what david did with him last year the constant belief in him and i think he'll be just fine Ryan, in your career, you've probably dealt with all sorts of different scenarios in terms of contractual status and trade rumors and a lot of things that we alluded to earlier swirling around. And Anthony Rizzo this week, I thought, had a really, really honest moment with the Chicago media and talking about where he is in terms of his contract negotiations. He wanted to stop it, the negotiations on opening day. Uh, And and I I think everyone respects that. How hard is it for players like Rizzo, like Baez, like Bryant to – kind of compartmentalize everything and kind of block the noise out, not worry about what the future holds, the uncertainty that represents, and just focus on the present. Yeah, it's tough at times, man. You're human. But at the same time, they're pros. They've had to do that with other things throughout their life. You know, you got to just focus as much as you can on the task at hand. And Anthony's uh, he's been through a lot in life. The worries of a free agent contract, I think, are probably minimal compared to other things he's had to overcome. He's just going to worry about going out there and just taking care of business. He knows that if he does that, there's going to be teams that want him. And you know what? One of the teams that wants him is the Cubs. They want them, want him back. And it's just a matter of, you know, that working out. Whether or not that happens during the year or after the year, I don't know. But um, he, he's very, very good at handling all those things and all those guys. And there will be moments, I'm sure, There'll be moments when you're struggling and all of a sudden you're like, man, should I have taken a deal? And then there's moments when you're doing really great going, man, I'm glad I didn't take that deal. So there's just always going to be that battle as players that you have to kind of work through. But um, that's, that's why they're professional athletes because they should be able to handle those things. They have the tools in place. They have the people in place, sports psychologists that help them. It's just about living in the moment. That's, that's the God's honest truth. When you just take it pitch by pitch and play in the moment, it finds itself to work out. It really does, or not work out, because it just is what it is. You got to go out there and just and take care of business. And and for Anthony, you know, he wants to be a cub for life. He should be a cub for life. I hope he is a cub for life. Um, but he also is very, very good at understanding about just being him. He's not going to change. He's not going to have a pouty face. He's not going to walk around, you know, with his head down because it's not working out right now. He's just going to go out there and be a leader and take care of business on the field. And then it will all just find itself in the right place of where it needs to be when it's all said and done. Demp, in closing with you, and, and David and I sure, surely always appreciate your participation and, and enjoy uh, each time you're with us. 
I wonder if you can explain um, the dilemma for a player who has already made $70 million and knows that he and his family and uh, his descendants are all taken care of for the next uh, 100 years, um, goes in there with a philosophy of, uh, I have to be still respected for the amount of money that's offered. So, you know, in the case of Rizzo or somebody like that, who gets a five-year contract, but the money isn't up to where other star players' money is at, how, how the function of getting the respectful amount, keeping the, the money high for other players that come after you, and also representing your, the needs of you and your family and where you want to play all in one little ball. The, the hardest thing for people to understand, sometimes even us included as players, is try to make sense of the dollars you can, right? Like it doesn't it doesn't make sense that somebody should be making thirty five million dollars, forty million dollars a year to play baseball. That doesn't that doesn't compute. That's not right. It's a game, you know. But that's the reality. That's the market, and that's where we're at. So just like anybody, if you all of a sudden they're like, "Hey, Bruce, we really want you back here at Score. We really want you to be here, but we're going to give you like." half of what somebody else doing the same job is doing. But it's still good money, Oh, right? you've been it's listening fine. to my negotiations with uh, with uh, I am. Mitchell. Yeah, so I hope, I hope your bosses are paying attention <laughs> to this. At the end of the day, that, no matter what job you're in, that person is going to feel the same way. They're going to be like, well, wait, why, did, why am I not getting at least what I'm due? I don't need to be making the top dollar. And so that's what happens. But when we see the gigantic numbers, we're like, how can you not take that? It's this and this and this. It's not even about the money. It's, it, it just becomes about just the respect of your job that you worked really hard. And for Anthony too, he already took one team friendly deal, a very, very team friendly deal. And he's performed that to every bit. So, you know, we can't make sense of it because it's so much money. And I think sometimes that's all it just comes down to. And I, and I think teams understand that. And they're just at this place right now that I'm sure that, you know, cooler heads will prevail and they'll find something and get it done. Great stuff, Ryan. Appreciate the time. Enjoy today and keep up the good work on the marquee sports network. Absolutely guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Tom. Brian Dempster, former Cub pitcher, now Cub analyst on the Marquee Sports Network. Bruce, good stuff. We will get to kind of what he said about Anthony Rizzo, kind of what he said about the Cubs' uh, slow start to at least in one game into this season. We'll talk about that. What concerns you? 312-644-6767. What are your thoughts on the Cubs? Then we'll get back to the White Sox in the second hour here on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Here comes the 2-2. Swung on and missed. Strike three. Two away. Well, Jake with a sinker, this is fastball. It's in the middle of the plate, and it starts out about knee high, and the bottom drops out of it. And Robert swings right over the top of it, one of the highest. Welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse here, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, David Hall with Bruce Levine until 11 o'clock. That was the score broadcast of a Jake Arrieta strikeout of Luis Robert during spring training. Bruce and we have the score back with the Cubs today pregame 1245 with Zach and he will be talking about the expectations for Jake Arrieta making his return to Wrigley Field a lot of excitement surrounding that return Bruce the good old number 49 conjure up a lot of emotions as we discussed what are realistic expectations for Jake Arrieta not so much today perhaps it's the first start there might be some emotions to funnel and to channel but this season, what are the Cubs expecting out of Jake Arrieta? 30 starts, 160 innings. 
I think if they get that, they're going to be happy. I think the numbers will be good. I don't think you'll ever see the Jake Arietta of old, but this is a diff- different version that we've uh, got to watch a little bit in spring training here. First of all, health is a key for him. He has really not been healthy the last three years uh, when he was in Philadelphia. Uh, if he retains his health and he looks like he's in great shape, uh, this version should be a 13 and 11, 3.8 ERA type guy. I think if he can do that, make 30 starts, uh, that'll be a very successful year for the Cubs in Arietta. Just at, at this point, the innings, uh, you know, if you can, if you can average close to six. I mean, it's a, such a different era now, David. You know, where we used to talk about the best pitchers, the sales of Verlanders, the Scherzers were averaging seven innings, okay? Uh, if they average seven for 33 starts, you know, that's uh, 220 innings. That's, that's huge in today's baseball. That's not going to happen very much anymore, especially probably in 2021. So from the perspective of 160 innings, uh, do, do you dare say 170 that you want from him? Uh, that would be a, a good, successful year, I think. I think the key number that you said in terms of your projection or prediction would be 30 starts. Because if you can, regardless of the innings, you can never predict whether it's going to be one day, four innings like Dallas Keuchel gave the Sox last night, or maybe he's going to be stretched into the seventh or the eighth, perhaps, on, on the rare occasion. But if you can count on him to stay healthy enough and consistent enough to, to take the mound every fifth day 30 times, that allows you to build everything else maybe from there. That's how you get consistency in your approach. Now, you don't want, you don't want five guys making 30 starts and they're all mediocre. But you, if you get 30 starts out of Jake Arrieta, the expectation is that, number one, he will be healthy. And the, the thought is if he's healthy, then he will be effective because that is – the, that, that is the guy that you're used to seeing. Now, he's not going to be the dominant version of Jake Arrieta circa 2016 and 17 and certainly 2015, but he can be effective. And, Bruce, I, I wonder, though, is he the Cubs' number two starter in designation because of the difference in style and you put him between Hendricks and Davies, or is he the number two pitcher in this rotation because of what he's capable of, of achieving this year? Well, Davies is a, a better pitcher. I mean, uh, he, he's the most consistent pitcher. He, his numbers were actually better than Kyle Hendricks last year. And Hendricks had a, a superior year, even though the numbers, you know, because it was only 12 or 13 starts and you're 6-5, and five, um, it's, a, it's an ERA under 3. Same for Davies, uh, who won one more game in ERA a little lower than, than Hendricks. This is a, an accomplished pitcher, a really good pitcher, but because it's not sexy, it's not a duplication. It's a it's a duplication of uh, you know kind of Hendricks Hendricks light. Um, I don't think he's getting the respect he deserves. He's the number two pitcher on this team. I think you 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 hit it on the nose. You know, separating uh, him with uh, with Arietta, who gives you a different look, and then maybe a reset all the way around if indeed. Uh, you have, you know, the whole staff pitching the way that they need to. If Alzale uh, becomes a five to six inning pitcher on a regular basis, and God, it sounds strange to say that, doesn't it, David? You know, that you're looking for 
five, a good five from a guy that's only averaged four innings uh, you take in his it, minor though. league career the last few you years. Take it. I know. I, I know because, well, you have the extended bullpens. It's a different game. You got every team has eight bullpen guys. Some of them have nine. So from that perspective, I guess it's fine to say that. But uh, with his stuff and the fact that he can hit 95, 96 on a regular basis, then you, you might you might change the whole look of the rotation as far as one through five and who starts on what days. Difference between the Cubs and the White Sox, though, Bruce, one of many is that with the Cubs, if you get to the sixth inning, you sort of, and you turn it over to the bullpen, you sort of start biting your fingernails, whereas with the White Sox, you get to the sixth inning and you're supposed to exhale. That is the, the, the way that this team has been structured. Aaron Bummer said, as the other, famously in spring training, that they didn't want to lose a game uh, if they had a lead after the sixth inning. Now, ironically enough, that happened on, on opening night, but we're going to move past that. And uh, but that is the way that these teams have been structured a little bit differently. Okay, we are going to get into our second hour, Bruce. We've got a lot ahead. Rick Giolito is going to join us at 1030. We're going to talk about the White Sox getting their first victory last night with the Yerminator coming through with five hits, but also a lot going on around baseball, a lot of your conversation uh, with uh, with people around the league, want to get into that, and also your opinions. 312-644-6767. Let us know what you think of the return of baseball opening day week here in Chicago and around the league here on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.